Hello, and welcome back to the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. This is our very first companion episode. If you watch the main episode on Tuesday, you will know that Cassidy and Julie talked to us about their journey with stem cell treatment. In this episode, Julie takes a very deep dive into the actual process that she went through. She experienced a lot, and in my opinion, these ladies are very brave. Let's chat it up and continue our conversation with Cassidy and Julie. When you guys went through, um, Julie, maybe you can tell us a little bit about um, the actual treatment that you received mm-hmm. and um, what that entailed, what happened to your body and the recovery process. Um, yeah, so it's not super fun, not going to lie. Um, and I always disclaim when I'm talking to or think someone who hasn't done it may be listening because I say that I had a relatively easy time of it. And when you say that to people who have been through it, it means one thing. But when you say it to someone who's never been through it, like my mother, for example, she's like, easy. Were we at the same place? I mean, what, you know, and I would do it again. I mean, other than the fact that the recovery process does take so long, I would do the inpatient hospital, sick, lose your hair, chemo, feel like death once a year for the rest of my life if I had to for the other 10 months out of the year that it would buy me. I mean, I, like I said, I was, I actually didn't qualify for the trial because I was still only on my second drug, but Dr. Burt told me, it's only a matter of time until you fail it. And so I'll treat you. And when you fail it, you may go from zero to a hundred and be too far for me to treat you. And Um, so I think I can help you. Like, I know I can help you, but you have to choose to stop the drug and I'll treat you, you know, off study. So I did. And I kind of think, I mean, when you were saying earlier, Eddie, that, you know, you, you don't, I don't know if I could do that with me. I felt like everything was just the perfect storm of lining up that, I mean, I live in Chicago, so the hospital was 30 minutes away. So sending the email saying, can I please have an evaluation? I'll literally come any day, anytime you can call me and say, can you be here in an hour? And I will drop everything and be there. So I figured that would at least get me in the door. Um, That's your tenacity, right? I mean, never giving up, sounds like. I mean, when all the other doctors are telling you there's nothing you can do to be at that evaluation appointment with Dr. Burt, and he says, I know I can help you. You just have to trust me. I said, all right, what do you want to do? Like, here's my arms, IV me, screen, whatever you need to do. I am 100% yours, which was probably the hardest thing for me to do because I am a very type A personality. I like a plan A, B, and C and for the next 10 years. And the only way I was able to relinquish the control was to be thinking that after all of this, I might regain control over my life again. And so what seemed like super scary, I kind of just thought, you know, I just need to close my eyes and push through it and it'll all be over eventually. Um, but the process itself, um, 
like I said, it's a little different for everyone, especially if you have to travel across the country or out of the country for some people. Um, but for myself, because I was able to do it kind of as quickly as possible, um, it was a two and a half month start to finish from uh, three days of pre-testing, all outpatient in the hospital. They basically run every single test under the sun to make sure that you're healthy enough to essentially destroy your immune system and rebuild yourself back up. Um, so, you know, MRIs, lung capacities, 30 vials of blood. Testing I mean, for everything. they build my insurance for the pre-testing alone, like $60,000 worth of medical tests. Jeez. So, yeah, so they, they run everything. Thorough. Very thorough. thorough. Yes, very thorough. Um, so once you get approved through the pre-testing phase, um, you go and you do the one-day inpatient in the hospital, which we all kind of refer to as, like, the you know, the practice run because it's one mm-hmm. night. So you go, you get one big dose of chemo, you spend the night in the hospital, you make your list of everything you wish you would have brought for when you're stuck in there for two weeks, you know, <laughs> in a couple of weeks and you get that first chemo. So you get a small dose of the symptoms and suffering that may or may not come after, um, after my first dose, I mostly was just tired. Um, I mean, I, they did give me the best advice I got from someone before me was to not be a hero. Don't try to be, oh, I don't need the nausea meds. I don't need the pain meds. If they're offering you it, there is a reason. And if you don't think you need it, they know you're going to need it. So take it so you don't need it. And you don't suffer. Exactly. And one, there was one day that I was like, you know, I'm just so tired. Don't wake me up at 2 a.m. for the meds. If I need them, I'll wake up. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done because I woke up at 3 a.m. puking my brains out, crying my eyes out in more pain and nausea. I was like, oh, my, all the drugs, all the drugs give them to me. And can I get them like 15 minutes before, you know, because you can start to feel them wearing off the pain meds and the anti-nauseas. And so, um, like I said, the first round wasn't terrible, but I knew that was one round. And when I went back, it was going to be five. So it kind of helped prepare me at least mentally for it. Um, And then, you know, they send you home or to the hotel. If you're from out of state, Um, you stay home and rest. And basically for five days after your first chemo, you give yourself um, Neupogen shots, which are essentially you're always making stem cells like in your bloodstream and your bone marrow, but these shots basically make your body produce, I don't know, like 10 times, or maybe it's a hundred times. I don't know. It's a lot more stem cells. Yeah. It's like tons and tons more than you normally produce to the point where once you've been doing it for a couple of days, I mean, I'm super short, so I never had that issue growing up where they talk about like growing pains and your legs hurt, like if you have a big growth spurt. Now I know what that feels like, the no. bone pain. It was it was like nothing I have ever experienced before in my life. It was the most painful thing and it 
thankfully only lasted about 24 hours with the whole first chemo and the shots and all that. But again, then when you go inpatient, it's like double, triple, you know, so it's like you kind of do this precursor of little bits of what you're going to do for the big show. Um, And then once you have your, you do five days of the shots and then you go to the hospital um, to the blood clinic and they hook you up to, um, of course, do you know what it's called, Cassidy? It's essentially like the same sort of machine that's used for dialysis. Yeah. In your neck. Yeah. Take your blood out and the machine separates out your new stem cells, you know, your new undamaged stem cells, the stem yeah. cells that, ha- that the MS hasn't gotten to because you had the chemo and then you quickly stimulated new stem cells. And so they're drawing those out to then give back to you when your immune system is completely depleted mm-hmm. and you're in the hospital. So then I was wondering where the stem, stem cells came cells, from. Yes. Those stem cells, actually, you can see them like yes. spinning around in a circle and you look down I actually have a video of it that I, I can too. send you. It's really yeah. cool. It looks so like you can, you can see them like in there and then watch, you know, the rest of the blood goes back into your body, into this, you know, lovely neck thing. Um, but yeah, you sit there in this chair for like eight hours. You're hooked up to the machine. I mean, you got to go to the bathroom. All right. Everyone can step out and here's your bedpan oh you can't like you're hooked up to this I mean my mom was there my sister came in for a little bit and it's like thanks for hanging out okay I gotta go to the bathroom everyone step out nurse brings the thing in and when I was in college you know like (laughs) when I was in college I had to use a bedpan I I had a um an absence on my tonsils and so I was in the hospital that thing I, I cannot master that. I can't imagine doing it all day. Like, no, no, that is well, quite, I mean, I made a mess. <laughs> well, you think that's fun. Wait until you go in for the whole actual big thing and you're getting five days of chemo with all the other stuff that they pump into you. And I mean, I was fully mobile, no mobility issues at all when I checked in for the actual stem cell transplant. So you go in six days before your transplant date and you get five days of chemo beforehand. And again, everyone before me, even if they were completely mobile, they said, get the catheter. I'm like a catheter. I can get out of bed, up and out of bed. It's no problem. I know I'll be, you know, tired and feeling crappy, but really that crappy. And oh yeah. I mean, not only does it not work properly if you're not like the exact right size and this and make it a mess and everywhere and I was just like I am a 31 year old completely mobile perfectly seemingly feeling healthy woman laying in this bed and they're about to like make me seem sick like I went in looking as healthy as I do now I mean minus my hair because it all falls out after the first go around but The first time anyone from my family, I think, actually realized how sick I was, was when I voluntarily signed up to make myself that sick. It was such an eye opener to, Mm -hmm. I think, so many people. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's weird for them because they can't tell you're sick, right? Right. So 
they they're going on your thoughts and and they're like i think she might be you know exaggerating i well i got a lot of comments of like you know and they're like well what is the process you know what is it i mean the minute you say chemo to anyone that brings your treatment to a certain level and then they say oh like the kind where you lose your hair yeah that kind so now you're up here and i mean i can't even tell you how many people said like, why would you choose to do that when, I mean, your MS isn't really that bad. And I was like, well, that's exactly it. What you see is not what is actually happening. And I think that really, it really made it more obvious to people, unfortunately. But then when I left the hospital, bald as a cucumber and perfectly feeling healthy, I looked worse than I ever had on the outside but on the inside, I was like, I feel amazing. This is great. Like, so I you started to feel better right away. Yeah. I mean, within 24 hours, my vision cleared up within 24 hours and has been 2020 ever since. I, I know I think there might have been literally instant changes, but I was so dead tired and drained and done that day. I got my stem cells back around 1030 in the morning. And I think I was just in and out of sleep most of the rest of the day. But that next morning, it was it was like a fog came off my eyes, off my brain, out of my legs. And not everything snapped overnight. But I mean, my vision, it it was it, I don't know. There's no, it was a miracle. I don't know, a scientific miracle, whatever you want to call it. Thank you for joining me for this companion episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to learn more about our show, please visit the website at thrivingoversurviving.godaddysites.com. Remember, I am not a medical professional and this show is for entertainment purposes only. If you need medical advice, please consult your physician. Until next time, everyone, keep thriving.